Um, so, good morning, everyone. Or good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. How about, you know what, how about hi? <laughs> hi, welcome to, uh, to Day 4's coverage um, of uh, Game Over International on, on the SDPN. Um, Tic Tac Tomar. Uh, I think something that's, that's interesting that we saw in particular from, from Canada uh, yesterday was a lot of excitement, intense... Um, yeah, exhibitions and events, and also a lot of adversity uh, that we saw from a lot of Canadian athletes, especially to to put themselves or put their teams in positions where they can continue to to thrive and, and move on. Uh, so that's uh, something that that's very interesting. We're going to talk about a lot. Uh, just to recap some things that took place. Uh, so first we have uh, from women's ski jumping, we have Abigail Strait who qualified for the medal round but ended up finishing 23rd. Um, same thing for when it comes to the uh, mixed biathlon. We have the Team Canada that finished 4th. Uh, when it comes to the men's 15 kilometer skiathlon, there's two Canadians that ended up finishing in the top 50 um, when the medals were handed handed out, but the ROC in Finland uh, took the medals there. And then when it comes to this men's speed skating, which is actually a pretty recent development because I think it just ended uh, about 30 minutes ago, uh, Ted Yen Bloman of, uh, of Canada ended up finishing uh, ninth. So finished in the top 10, but ninth, um, which I guess you can consider um, a bit of an upset because considering uh, back in 2018 in Pyeongchang, uh, he finished uh, with the silver medal in that same event um, and wound up um, finishing ninth again here. And, you know, I got his quote of what of what he said after the event, um, you know, saying, I fully executed my race plan. I started out really well and I don't know what happened. I'm really confused. I don't understand it. I don't know uh, what to say. Which, um, and even though it is kind of an out-of-context out of uh, quote, you, know, you kind of do, I guess, get the idea and get the feeling of the frustration, perhaps the disappointment. Um, you know, maybe at, at 35 years old, perhaps he thought maybe this could be one of the, the, you know, the last times he competes. But, but you know, overall, when you do spend a lot of time preparing for these events, again, especially considering the fact that he had such great success last year, um, you know, it definitely can be, um, I guess, disappointing to, to finish where, where he finished. But... You know, still still not over. Still, still a lot of things to kind of to kind of go over and talk about. As far as qualifications go, in short track men's speed skating, a thousand meters, you have Jordan Pierre Gillis as well as Pascal Dion, who both qualified. So they'll be in their respective medal medal rounds. And something really huge took place um, in the Olympic figure skating, the team event. Um, and to talk about it further, I'm going to bring in my guest, um, Michael from the Leafs. From the Leafs Nation Network at Leafs um, in you know IMO. Hey Michael, yeah. how's it going? How's it? I'm good, man. How you doing? Uh I'm tired. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> but you know what? Like even though like it, it's weird, it's weird. You know, like I initially kind of feel like you know you feel a little fatigued, you feel a little drowsy. But then once you actually get into the conversation and start talking about all these things that are taking place, you you get an energy boost. So uh, that's pretty solid. So. So yesterday, Team Olymp Olympic uh, figure skating, where Canada is, starts off in sixth place, um, and you need to be in the top five to qualify for the medal round. Um, and then Madeline Shezis, 18 years old from Oakville, Ontario, puts Canada on her back, has an amazing performance, and actually brings Canada into the top five. So if you're an 18-year-old kid and you have so much pressure on you and you're able to perform, like... What's what has to be going through your head at that moment? Just a lot of things because obviously the pressure is huge. Um, the the stage is big, and uh, 
the gravity of the situation is obviously immense because like the the reality is that uh, you either are taking your team to the next round or you're getting eliminated right then and there. So for an 18-year-old to go up there and just give the performance that she did and just not only just put put, the, put them in the top five, but just ensure that they have a chance to medal, it's it's nothing short of brilliant. Because like, for me personally, when I was 18, I would have been scared so much, just like on that series, like, <laughs> and then just probably mess up and fall down, and then that, that'd be it right there. So hats off to her she did a fantastic job and i and like the look on her face after it was over like told it all like like she this is just the making of a star on the figure skating world and it's not gonna be the last time we hear from her especially not in this olympics but like going forward yeah absolutely and like we want to talk about like the reactions like not even from her but even from the rest of team canada just like watching and cheering just like knowing the the huge feat that she was able to accomplish i think was solid um now going off of that or continuing on with the with the olympic figure skating so a big development that's been taking place is with uh keegan keegan messing who hasn't been able to actually make it to beijing yet um you know having to pass pass some a number of covid uh tests and you just ended up you know having the you know a good number of negative tests to actually be able to make his way over to beijing now in his place roman sadovsky's had just had to do a lot of his events and he hasn't been doing the best he hasn't been doing well um and which it's 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 a tough situation to kind of to look look at and qualify because you know at the same at the same moment you know it's like okay well hey you know this is the olympics this is everything you trained for but when you kind of put it into context like you know this is his first time performing at any type of world event this is his first time performing even at the olympics so does it make sense for someone to be you know to be nervous and not and not playing their best especially when they're filling in for someone that that canada is really relying on when it comes to this event Absolutely. Like, uh, especially when you have to replace someone who uh, brings so much to the table and uh, has this, the skills and repertoire needed to get Canada within the conversation of the podium. Like, I can only imagine what's going through Roman's head, uh, like, as he steps onto the ice every single time. It's like the pressure, like, it's like obviously, for, like, trying to get your team into the next round is one thing, but just trying to fill the void for a star is another. And, like, that those, those, those voices in your head, do a lot of damage if you're not careful. Like I know from firsthand experiences, like when you're going about your day and then those those voices in your head like telling you, no, 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 you can't do this. And then you're not you're not ready for this. And then but even though your body probably is ready, then you go up perform, it just doesn't just work out in your favor. It's it's, it's a it's very tough to overcome. And I can only imagine what's what, what's going on there. And uh hopefully Roman can turn things around before he gets back. Um, but uh, it's obviously a tough situation to be in, uh, regardless, because obviously everybody knows that COVID is going to play a major factor in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we're already seeing a lot of a lot of examples of of teams, you know, having to you know to, to replace players or not have their their best athletes in the in the best positions for events um, because of you know COVID protocol or testing testing and whatnot. But yeah, I, I think I think it's moments like these where you really do have to kind of take in consideration the mental aspect of of all these games like yes you know you spend your entire life uh training and working you, you wake up in the morning you you eat breathe sing dance um whatever you're going for and you know and sometimes you know sometimes yeah you're physically ready ready for it but you know just the things just, just things just don't go your way and i think that's something that that i've really taken away from when it comes to these games is just like watching these events and watching all of these things like in practice they're probably nailing like all of this 
they're probably doing mm. doing solid. But then, you know, when you're actually on the stage, when you have the judges watching, when you have your teammates watching, the cameras are watching, you know, your family at home is watching and, and hoping you're doing well. Like, yeah, a, a lot a lot can kind of come into that. And then when you take taking Roman's um, uh, situation specifically, when he is replacing someone who, you know, a lot of people have faith in, um, yeah, it can definitely, definitely weigh on you. So I think that's that's an important thing to kind of keep keep in mind, definitely. And you know, we'll see um, what Keegan does um, once he ends up arriving because it's actually going to be a quick development because he's literally going to arrive and then go right into his event immediately. <laughs> and you know, kudos to him because man, I wouldn't be able to do that. <laughs> I would not yeah. be able to do that at all. I would need like I would need like fifteen coffees and like like you know six express espressos before um <laughs> before doing any of that. So uh, good luck to him uh, once that comes up. All right, Absolutely. so so let's move on to men's mogul. So you know, when it comes to this event in particular, when it comes to Canada, you know, the big focus is on Michael Kingsbury. You know, who um, you know got you know ended up getting silver, but the the way that it took place, this whole story is fascinating. You know, he finishes top sixteen, then top twelve, and then top six makes it to the medal round, and then and gets silver. Now this could be the quote unquote upset of the olympics again be again, considering where or how he finished the last time around you know a lot of people maybe ex- maybe expected him to to get uh, to get gold but who won gold in particular in in his place was walter Wahlberg of sweden who did not play uh did not compete at um you know at, on the world level to due to injury and wound up winning gold um so at one point so on one hand like yes it's an upset on one on another hand you know it's still a silver medal but on the other other hand it's like this is an incredible story of of someone who you know doesn't have so, so much world recognition but to kind of come out come out and and you know win gold for win gold for their country like what what thoughts or what you know what what do you think is going through Walter Wahlberg's uh head and when he kind of comes on the stage and went into can win a gold medal I can only imagine he's getting really excited, especially going up against a tough foe like that, and uh, just putting it all out there on uh, on the on the on the on the hill. Sorry, I almost lost track of a what. Anyway, it's just a, it's always a big uh, step to 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 face a major competition, especially someone who is the odds-on favorite to to win. And like, still, he came in second. Like that should tell you how good he is, and he's still good right now. And the fact that he's even considering retirement, because like, what else is there for him to prove? There isn't really much left. Because, I guess, a gold medal would be awesome. And this 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 win already cemented his place in, in Canadian mogul history, with uh, three three medals in three consecutive Winter Olympics. Um, but for Walter to just do what he did and just steal it, steal a potential gold medal, like that's huge. And I would be I'd be excited if I was him. And like. He could potentially be a threat for years to come. That's what these Olympics do. Like they they make so mm-hmm. they make uh, new celebrities or new heroes out of people that uh, when they entered it were ordinary. Just were just hoping for even a slimmer of a chance. Like some people will get there for like reasons that they wouldn't they wish they'd rather not. Like like having a pretty poor performance. But then there's the ones that uh, just come out of complete nowhere and just you know just inspire so many people in their their home country. Like, Stories like that are going to get people to want to get on the slopes and uh, try and compete for mogul going forward. Yeah, absolutely, and I think I think that those are the big takeaways when it comes to to events like this. It's like yes, yes, the person who we expected to to win, who we expected to, to maybe to, to bring to bring Canada's first gold medal, uh, didn't do that. But I think when you you have, think you have to consider the entire story and how there there's so much positivity from this. 
Um, and again, I think you know, looking at looking at Walter's story, and none of this takes away from you know from Kling from Klingberg's you know resume either. Like he's still going to, he, you know, he's still right now Canada's most decorated a decorated athlete at when as it pertains to to you know freestyle skiing, and that's not going to change. Um, so yeah, I think that should be the focus, opposed to just like oh you know. He blew it. This is an upset. How did he lose? You know, I think there are a lot of positives like all around that we can kind of take uh, from these moments, um, which is pretty solid. All right. Yeah. So now moving to Olympic short track speed skating, the mixed relay, the 2000 meters. Now, this is where the intensity um, of yesterday's events kind of come come into play uh, because Canada didn't necessarily didn't. Well, they finished. But they didn't finish at the same time. They're actually penalized, um, so they got an automatic fourth place um, at the end of the mixed relay uh, because of some collisions. Um, collisions are actually, unfortunately, from the same athlete. Uh, another 18-year-old, 18-year-old uh, Florence Brunel, uh, who can, who uh, right off the bat in the initial race uh, collides with Norway. All right, so that you know they 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 review the tape, you know, see if everything's okay, restart, you know, do the race over. Everyone's going around, going around in circles, and then with about seven laps to go, um, again another co- another collision, uh, but you know between Florence and, and uh, the Hungary player, they both you know slide slide into the slide into the corner. Um, then it's finished. You know the race finishes, um, but you know Hungary ends up ends up um, in in third place uh, with the bronze medal. And after they after they look at it, they actually see that Florence. Um, I want to say, based off of what I saw, I want to say, you know, trying, thinking that she was pushing her own teammate, you know, to kind of give the, the teammate speed boost. We see that a lot in hockey, you know, when someone's on a breakaway or something, they'll use their stick and, <laughs> and try to give them a speed boost. So the same thing yeah. was happening in speed skating, um, but hit the, hit the hungry player instead. Um, and that led to, led to the collision and to the fall. Um, that, that has to be tough, wouldn't you say, you know, to... Especially when it comes, you know, to an event like to event like relay, where you know it's not just you know you as an individual, it's also you uh, you as part of a part of a team. It must be tough to have that situation take place where uh, not only you're falling once, but you're falling twice. Exactly, and uh, especially in a team sport like that, where all four parts have to be holding their weight. Like I know this, this applies to like the relay races, where it has four four guys, four girls, like just running their their hearts out, uh, trying to secure a win for their team. And, like if one person falters, then the whole team falters, and that's always a, that's always the big challenge when it comes to these kind of races, because like it's the mental again a lot of these race these uh, events at the olympics are always about the mental struggles in your head just as much as it the physical activities that you're doing and something like that where you're trying to give your team like even the slightest bit of an advantage just to make it life a little easier and it could completely backfire on you that has to be devastating and they, they those ladies put, put gave their hearts out there and uh, that's always us all you can really ask for and then like we always get inspired by these performances regardless of uh if they they end up with a medal or if they they fall just short and i know there's going to be some others that we're going to be talking about a little bit later but it's just things like that it's just like they always inspire you in so many different ways this one in particular is that um you if everyone can pull their weight but if one person falters then the whole thing crumbles and that's okay Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Michael. And you bring up a good point in that, like, and sometimes it all takes that one moment. And the 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 fascinating um, events is when literally the difference between first and second are just like a matter of seconds, 
right? Like even going back to the to the to men's mogul with uh, Michael Kingsbury, you know, it's such a narrow window where you have Walter Wahlberg who finishes, you know, with eighty three point two three, and then uh, Michael finishes eighty two point one eight. So it's like it's like a fraction of a difference, and sometimes you know that that's all it takes. And when going back to the, to the mixed relay, you know, you know, China ends up taking taking the gold, but it was close. It was so so close, and it makes and it makes events like that really really intense and um, definitely unfortunate. But you know what? Um, like speed skating is is an event that I personally like just because I like the the smoothness of it. You know, just especially mm-hmm. looking at the crossovers and the edge work because I'm thinking like. If I was doing this, like I would fall like immediately. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah, so watching, too. yeah, so watching the unity of it, especially in the relay where like the the, you know, the athletes are kind of going around in the circle on their own, and then the their teammates in the middle are trying to like catch up, and it's such a smooth transition where like it's it's actually in- fascinating that that the collisions in the fall don't happen more often. But again, I get, I think guess that just speaks to, you know, to the training, to the dedication and also to the timing and the unity and, and, and how in sync the rest of the, the rest of the team is. All right. Curling mixed doubles. Curling has been a conversation for, you know, uh, since the beginning of the Olympics, um, especially in team Canada, who, you know, had a pretty, you know, big, huge set of, of wins. Uh, first off, you know, defeating the U.S. 7-2. That was a huge win because head, be, heading into that game, they were tied with the U.S. fourth in the standings. And, you know, at first it was just back and forth. But once they, you know, once you're at the, end, at, the, at the end of the fourth end, they just took over. They just completely took over uh, three points, uh, three points at the at the seventh end uh, just to get the win. And after then, their uh, their second game or their next game rather uh, against Czechia, winning seven to five. That actually needed extra extra um, an extra end um, to uh, you know to get a final decider as both teams were tied at five. Uh, but Team Canada ended up getting the final two points um, and getting the win there. So now they're in tied, tied for uh, second with Great Britain. Um, I mean, I, I guess when it comes when it comes to you know when it comes to all of these games and when it comes to the the intensity and 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 the competes that you know the team the team is just looking a lot better you know they're communicating a lot and that's something that I mentioned yesterday that the fascinating aspect of of uh, mixed curling is that you can actually hear all of the all of the decisions all of, all of the play the strategies and so on and so forth. Uh, but now now they're heading to their next game and the next game I want to say is against. Yeah, back-to-back games against Australia and Italy. Now, Australia in particular does have um, have an interesting little narrative going on. Michael, uh, you were telling me about it earlier. You want to uh, bring it up here? Yes, absolutely. Um, well, first of all, I want to just say great win for Canada against Czechia. Like that was a huge comfort behind win and uh, very impressive results, uh, I must say. But their their next opponent's going to have has been had quite an interesting uh, few hours to say the least. So. Um, about eight hours ago at the time of recording this, uh, one of the members of Team Australia, Tahil Gill, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, tested positive for COVID-19, and that basically ended Australia Mixed Doubles curling event. And uh, like she was obviously devastated. The Australian Olympic Committee was devastated. And she even posted a video just expressing like her gratitude for even having such an opportunity and just to have uh, like her dreams crushed, like just right, she was as she was about to start before she even could start the race, like kind of thing. But uh, then uh, maybe about two hours later, the uh, or three three hours later, sorry, the Australian team was was given permission to return back to the event, and um, they they were given the approval by the medical expert panel, like basically just saying, oh well, 
it's it her levels were at, at, at reasonable numbers and she can compete in the event after all so <laughs> it was a very roller coaster of like three hours just like oh sorry uh, your olympic dreams are over jk lol you go <laughs> you can do it again <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, i can only imagine what was going through to heal gill's head because that that has to be an emotional burden and one one thing that she'll never forget for sure because uh and when she got to compete again at the uh, at their, their next their, their their very next game, like Australia won their first uh, mixed curling doubles doubles event, so it was a huge huge moment for them. Obviously, it's just to, for Tahil Gill, it's just like what a, what a moment it was for her. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and, and we'll definitely see you know we'll be able to see them again as they as they take on Team Canada. They have a back-to-back and kind of like a double header where again they face Australia and after then move on uh, to facing Italy right after. All right, so now let's get into the the meat and potatoes uh, of the event because women's snowboard slope style uh, had its end. Um, so you know we're all cheering for Lori Bluen who uh, ended up ended up qualifying, um, who didn't medal, uh, finished fourth. Um, which you know again, again another another athlete who you know in the previous previous Olympics in Pyeongchang back in 2018 uh, finished uh, with a silver medal um, in in the event, um, but you know my managed to get to get a to finish fourth at this time, but you know that is no detriment to to what she did, and actually the it was fascinating to hear the commentators just talk about it because they were just blown away of, of how many solid performances that there were. And how a lot of a lot of these athletes like like came to play and brought their best, um, and, you know, in in this uh in this you know event where you know, they're taking the the best of three scores, and even yeah. lo- even for um Lori Bluen, um her final run, like uh, the commentators were saying like the fact that she can't even medal after this just speaks to you know it speaks to the depth of talent um that we saw you know that we saw in the slope style so. You know, it, you know, a huge event overall. Uh, Michael, what were your thoughts on on uh, women's uh, you know slope uh, slope style snowboarding? It was absolutely incredible from start to finish. Like I was very impressed with how all the ladies were just giving it their all on the uh, on the track. And I, th- I thought a lot of them were taking a lot of risks because they knew that the the talent pool was just that high and uh, mm-hmm. like you're, you're seeing them making like these aggressive spins or these those loops and just trying to to nail these these things to get like. Uh, higher scores and some of them would fall and i'd be like oh goodness it's just hopefully no one yeah. gets hurt here yeah man <laughs> when they fall it's like it's like you jump like <laughs> it's like when you, it's yeah. like just like watching it happen it's like oh my gosh geez so yeah let's just say there was a lot of times where they they fall and the hurt they hurt their ankle in some way and i'd immediately grab my ankle be like oh nope i don't want to get hurt either mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh Bulan, like like gave a fantastic performance and I was very impressed with how she was doing like uh, even on her last run I thought like that was more than enough for her to get even with close to a podium just for, for the fact that she didn't and like finished just in fourth like has to be devastating like, like the worst thing you could possibly do at the Olympics is to finish in fourth place because it's you had a solid enough performance but then to just miss out on a podium that by that much it has to suck but like there's Tip to have to Lance Boulan. She did fantastic. She had a fantastic run, and I think this won't be the last time we see for her. But also, congratulations to uh, Zoe Sano. Like she, her performance was outstanding, and I'm sure you saw the reaction at the end of the race. Like uh, it was, it was such a wholesome moment. So like, wholesome. A great moment for New Zealand. Yeah, yeah, so wholesome, so wholesome. Yeah, you mentioned yeah, uh, Zoe Sadowski Sinet, who you know who um wound up wound up get, getting the gold medal, uh, for New Zealand for New Zealand, um, the first gold medal at the Winter Olympics 
for New Zealand, which was a solid, solid feat there. Um, another story from from the women's slope style was uh, Julia Marino, who started out started out not the best. I think want to say one of her first mm-hmm. round, one of her first runs. I think she had like a two point nine eight, and then just from from there she wound up wound up qualifying and just was just hitting run after run after run after run. Um, and after that, at some point, you know, she was in in the perfect position, you know, to end up getting getting that gold medal. Uh, but again, you know, Zoe Sadowski Sinet, you know, came up came up huge. Actually, won it with her final run, um, and just uh, ended up getting ended up getting getting the gold medal there, uh, which was solid. Also, shout out to Tess Cody, Tess Cody, who got I want to say won her first first medal first olympic medal uh which is solid there um but yeah yeah i think i think the definitely the the takeaway from that entire event is and aside from just the obvious skill and the skill and the work ethic and just the, the age of some of these athletes like like um like i want to say like well, um the japanese athlete was 17 and i'm just mm-hmm. like watching some like this is it's, it's unbelievable it's unbelievable just just seeing you know how much you can improve in a particular sport like over over the course of you know x amount of years where you're comfortable with just like propelling yourself into the air and doing a whole bunch of flips um and stuff so that that was solid and i think that that was that was huge but again the the huge takeaway was definitely the end where you know after after zoe um you know claims the gold medal just like all the athletes just like just ran out ran out and it was just a dog pile dog pile of hugs and congratulations and happiness i think I think it's moments like like those that that show that even though yes it's like yes it's a competition that you know everyone recognizes and knows that they all went through you know similar training similar difficulties a lot of a lot of these people grew up grew up together um or at least you know meeting at meeting at different events um whether it's Olympics or whether it's a world championship and I guess seeing how and you know, at the end of the competition they can say well okay well that's done let's you know let's be supportive of each other it's it's definitely definitely one of those moments that uh that that makes you smile uncontrollably don't don't you think michael absolutely like it's the end of a grueling four-year training process to, to get to that moment so to to celebrate uh, the major accomplishment of zoe sadowski sino uh who obviously like i said uh, won the first uh, a medal of any kind at the winter olympics for new zealand like that's a huge moment and for them to be there to win his history is one thing but just to show some camaraderie and uh, team spirit is another and at the end of the day like the Games are always meant to be fun, and um, like these these athletes are giving it their all. They're, they're they're showing how much skill and talent that they possess, but they're having fun, and they just make it look so easy. And like obviously, for me, if I were going down the slopes, uh, I would be regretting every single decision <laughs> I've made. I'm just um, seeing my life flashing before my eyes. Like, why did I do this? But mm-hmm. for them, they just they killed it. And we, we're gonna have at least two or three more Winter Olympics where these ladies are gonna be absolutely putting on a show and. Uh, Snow snowboarding uh, style is going to be a fan must watch for future Olympics. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right. So you know, at the end of all of these events, we have you know there. It might be too early to start to start looking at the at the medal board at the medal table, but you know, but I took a gander. I looked anyway. Uh, so as of this recording, you know, Canada is sitting ninth at the at the medal table you know, again with Michael Michael Kingsbury, who got his silver silver medal silver silver medal and men's mogul, and as well as you know Isabel Weidemann, who got bronze um, in speed skating the the day before, which 
you know, again, kudos to her. That was solid again. Not only the fact that it was Canada's first medal at the at the uh, 2022 Winter Olympics, but it was also the 200th medal for Canada um, at the at the Winter Olympics. So those are some incredible feats. But you know, yeah, you have to wonder, you know, as the days go on, and again, as more and more Canadians are starting to are starting to qualify for their respective events, you know, who is going to be the next uh, the next set of people, you know, to end up getting putting being put in positions. Um, Two, two, two get medals, you know. So aside from the qualification that that we mentioned earlier, again, Jordan, you know, Jordan Pierre Gillis and Pascal Dion, we also have men's snowboard, snowboard slope style that that is picking up. So th- we have three Canadians that have qualified. So Mark McMor- uh, McMorris who finished second, uh, Sebastian Touton who finished eighth, and then Max Perot uh, who uh, finished tenth. So a lot of go- a lot of good opportunities. Uh, for Canada to to get you know to to you know put themselves in positions to to get more medals, but you know again when it comes to I guess the the Olympic experience again I think even though you know we focus on you know you know which country is getting X amount of gold medals or which country is getting X amount of silver medals I think you know to Michael to your point earlier um, I think we can really take a page out of what we saw you know at the end of the the women's uh, slope style snowboarding snowboarding event and just you know remember the fact that hey this is supposed to be fun. Right. This is something that, you know, uh, you know, that people worked for their entire lives and now they're getting an opportunity to display their skills, uh, not just in front of, you know, in front of their peers and family, but also in front of the world. Um, so I think that's actually something that's pretty awesome. Um, so before wrapping up, I just wanted to make a special shout out. Uh, this is something that I that I that I saw that I didn't even notice. Um, so Emily Anderson, Frederick Anderson, uh, little sister and. Um, you know, in Leafs Nation, even though Frederick Anderson is no longer playing for for the Leafs, you know there are still a number of Fred Frederick Anderson fans cheering for him in Carolina. So yeah, his uh, his little sister Emily Anderson um, has made Team Denmark uh, playing play, play defense. Um, so she has made her made her Olympic day debut. She's played a couple played a pair of games. I think they're they're gonna I want to say against Japan and also against the People's Republic of China. Um, so. It'll be interesting to see, you know, see how how she does and and how she goes goes through. But um, again, that that's just something that I thought was awesome. So I just want to give a special little shout out to um to Emily Anderson, and um, you know, we'll see we'll see how she does. Especially you know, as again as the women's uh women's team is definitely gonna start to pick up soon. So uh, thank you for another morning of 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 listening of watching Game Over International. Uh, tomorrow Andrew Berkshire will be back uh, covering the Olympics. So for myself and for Michael. Thank you. Have a good have a good rest of your day. Have a good sleep. And let's take you take it easy and we'll see you later. McDonald's presents Burger Reviews by Hamburglar. Today's review, the hotter, juicier, classic burgers. Hamburglar, the time is yours. Bravo, bravo. He said, these are McDonald's best burgers ever. And then, can I keep them? And then he just grabbed them and ran away. Brabble. Now get a Big Mac or double cheeseburger for two bucks in the app. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Valid one time per day. Must opt into rewards. Visit McD app for details. Available at most restaurants in this area. Comparison of McDonald's classic burgers to prior burgers. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.